Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and thank you for joining me for episode five of Grow With Soul. Today is an interview show and I'm chatting to someone who is really doing some great work in the world of influencer marketing in a small business context. Olivia Tripp is the founder of Weekend In, a Bristol-based agency that helps independent brands connect, engage and grow their audiences. Olivia is someone who I've noticed online because she's doing some really innovative, creative work with influencers and events for her clients, and I just had to get her on to share her knowledge. This episode is packed with advice for people wondering how to use influencers in their marketing, if you want to do some influencer work yourself, or if you're thinking about running events within your business. I was so inspired and galvanised after talking to Olivia, and I hope you will be too. Hi Olivia, welcome. Hello. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us on Grow With Soul. I think probably people will know you and Weekend In without actually knowing that they do. So can you give us a little bit about you and your background and also about Weekend In and the inspiration behind it? Yeah, definitely. So I used to do digital marketing for a lingerie company. Um, I was doing everything from social media, website, email newsletter, influencer marketing, kind of everything else that goes along with it. It was a small company, but kind of a global brand. So I got to do quite a lot, which Mm -hmm. is great. I was working with influencers whilst I was working for them, sending product and kind of getting it on their feeds. And we noticed that that was a massive way to grow not just their following, but also their sales um, and getting their product out to a much wider audience. So I left in the September of 2016 and I, I kind of, I left to, to go freelance um, and I thought I would do social media management and kind of see what happens. But then I thought of the idea of doing this event. So the event was the the weekend in event um, and that's kind of where the name came from for, for the business. Um, and it was, it was actually on a weekend, um, <laughs> which now that's kind of confusing when my events aren't on weekends. <laughs> so we started off with the event and basically I invited along influencers and different independent brands and the brands kind of took workshops and talks and the influencers joined in with those workshops and talks kind of got to know the founders of the brands and shared about them on their social media and their blogs I guess the concept for for that was because obviously working doing that for a small business I realized a lot of influencers kind of charge for per post and and it's quite expensive for brands to be able to work with really good influencers so I thought to make it much more affordable is getting like 12 influencers in the room at the same time and making those connections in a in a much more affordable and also authentic way Uh, but now we so as well as doing the events which we've carried on doing we also run social media marketing for people and for brands and influencer marketing for brands as well as event organization so not too much going on then just (laughs) just a couple of things yeah lots of things (laughs) yeah that's so interesting that I think 
Oh, there's a lot of parallels between our stories. I was just kind of a year behind you in terms of leaving the job. And very similarly to you as well, I had a job which it was a global brand, but it was bigger in Australia. So we had a really, really small team in the UK, but I was doing loads of stuff for all over the world. And I think that... So valuable. Yeah, it is so valuable. And people kind of want to go to all the big companies but you only do like such a tiny part of it, the big companies. And that's what I always say to people who say, oh, I want to be in marketing. I'm like, go to the smallest company you can find <laughs> because that's where you're going to get the best. And you uh, can do on. everything. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of, alongside obviously the founder, I was doing pretty much everything. Um, so things went through her, but I got to, I got to do, yeah, lots of different things and things that I probably wouldn't have realized I like if I hadn't done that so yeah it was great and if I was in a bigger company maybe I would just be doing social media or even maybe even a smaller part than that yeah so I think I think we know what your answer is going to be to this but given that you have done a little bit of everything in digital marketing what do you think are the most effective channels especially for small independent brands because bigger brands obviously can pay to play a bit more but for smaller brands what's most effective yeah definitely Instagram I love Instagram anyway because I'm quite a visual person but especially for the brands that I'm working with they've got quite design-led brands with nice products and Instagram I do find is the best channel also obviously Facebook aren't really showing businesses post as much Twitter is a bit of a funny one and Mm. brands come up to me and they say should we be on all these channels and actually maybe just having a profile on the other channels are okay but I wouldn't worry if they're not growing whereas Instagram I think you can really grow with and a lot of people on Instagram are there to find brands which I am like I love I love following new brands and being inspired with in the way that I shop so Whereas other other social medias, I, I'm not looking to shop. So I think that it is really valuable. Mm. It's, it, and it's funny because people then think, oh, I need to just put like loads of product shots on and actually end up having a feed that looks like Amazon or something. But it's a lot more about being inspirational because you're right. Although I don't really buy anything, unless I've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's where I tend to find stuff. And I think if you're minded that you you want to be buying from these brands you kind of expect to find them on Instagram and via influencers and stuff yeah actually it's my birthday coming up and I've used the the saving tool on Instagram to like (laughs) save all the things that I want because if I go to the shops I don't really find things that I want whereas Instagram is such a like source of amazing brands that I want to have (laughs) yeah yeah and one thing that's a little bit not dodgy with Instagram but I'm always really wary of having my whole business kind of dependent on Instagram yeah so how do you sort of advise people balance that that have having a focus on it but not so much of a focus of it that it becomes the end point yeah definitely I mean exactly if Instagram were to go tomorrow then (laughs) then what do you do so for the for the clients that I do social media for we do have the other channels I just think that they don't grow so fast obviously if you've got some advertising budget for Facebook then you can probably get that one to grow but it depends because then are people looking at your content and that kind of thing email newsletter I think is like a, a great one so when I did work at the lingerie company that was actually the the best way for them to make revenue so people would follow on Instagram and then sign up and and then actually the sales would come from there so I think it is definitely kind of having those channels as well but I think that Instagram is just a really a really kind of fast grower and um you can reach more people quicker I guess and the right kind of people yeah that's key because people I think see 
Instagram and getting the followers and everything is like the main job. Whereas actually it's it's a conduit to getting people, as you say, onto the mailing list and onto onto your website and stuff like that. And it's because Instagram's built to be addictive and it wants you just to need those likes and follows and stuff to make you feel good about yourself. But it's really important to kind of get into the mindset where it's just a tool for the business and yeah. not not the end point. Yeah, definitely. And even just like sometimes I see people have an amazing Instagram feed and then you go to their website and it's really bad. Mm. And then there's kind of there's not much point in that because once people then go to the website that they're not going to shop because it it kind of doesn't work. So I think it is definitely making sure everything is kind of cohesive and everything works together. Yeah making it all joined up because it's really easy for us as humans to just box everything up and and keep it all separate and that's what people I in my experience at least find quite difficult about marketing is all the different things that you have to be juggling at the same time because they all work together as part of one journey and yeah so as you're saying people have this like beautiful Instagram feed and then they go to their website and it's not even made yet (laughs) or there's no sign up box or anything and yeah definitely it's all about trust you have to kind of fulfill the promise that you made with that beautiful Instagram feed with a beautiful website so yeah what would be your advice um for the people wanting to get noticed on social media either as a business or as an influencer so I guess the the first thing is having like really good quality content so obviously gone are the days that you can post like a really blurry image or kind of a dark image or, or things that don't go together and, and still it works like it you need to it needs to be good quality and kind of well thought out obviously not everything needs to be completely planned and and some people's aren't but it's just making sure that it's all on brand um it's all good quality it's all professional um especially as a brand but obviously once you've got that kind of good quality content it's getting it out there so especially for brands being featured on other people's feeds so for example like influencer marketing so getting your brands kind of featured on someone else's for them to then go over to your profile because otherwise how are they going to find you Mm. as well as also engaging like with potential audience as well so yeah you can have a great feed but nobody will see it unless you get your your name out there so it's commenting on people's things messaging people and and having your name kind of as many places as as you can to get people to come and look over to your your channel yeah I love that I think I was it used to work in like a sales job well I wasn't sales I was marketing but everyone else was yeah. sales and the kind of mantra there was that it took seven contacts for somebody to actually trust you enough to consider buying from you yeah um, and so that's what that outreach stuff the influencer stuff really does is makes you kind of pop up in front of people all over the place but that's always the thing that people are most scared of doing <laughs> Yeah, I think like definitely with influencer marketing, like uh, some people, I, I start to work with them and we send out projects or, or we get on people's feeds and then they're like, oh, they, we haven't had any sales from it. And actually it's kind of keeping that going and it's having a constant like, here I am, here I am in all these different places to build the trust to then buy. And also people kind of might follow you and then they have a birthday coming up and then they'll buy. So there's kind of a bit of a delayed reaction, but but it's just getting your you out in as many places and kind of reminding people that you're there. Yeah, yeah. I think kind of remembering how you buy as well, because you don't see something, find, like find a brand for the very first time, be like, yeah, I'll just spend £100 with you, because you just don't do that. And so, yeah, it's kind of remembering that and thinking, 
this is all part of something bigger. People like, I think, to have a like a one-two step sort of relationship where they do something and then it causes sales. Whereas actually yeah. it's a much longer journey than that. And it's about establishing the brand and piggybacking on that reputation of the influencers that you're working with. Yeah, definitely. So that kind of brings us round to your events a little bit more as well, because as you said at the beginning, it all really sort of started with events. And so that was kind of how I first, not first found you, I'd sort of seen you around. And then you did that really big event at Elmley, the Slow Living Retreat. And I was just like, who the hell organised this? This is <laughs> so good. So what goes into a weekend in event? What goes into a weekend in event? <laughs> Lots of organising. I guess for my events, um, working with, with the right brands and the right influences is like a key thing. So so for this Elmley event, it was a slow living retreat and we worked with like, some amazing like slow living sustainable brands and also like the same for influencers. So I guess the main thing was kind of finding those brands and making sure they were right for the right for the event, um, making sure everything kind of ties together for, for the audience that I'm going for. In terms of like kind of making a, a good event for influencers, a lot obviously lies on how good their photos are. So sometimes we'll be um, we'll contact a brand and they really want to do something at the event and they want to do a talk for example which is great because people can get to know that brand but without having something really visual for people to share then they're not going to get the coverage they they want so so sometimes we'll have a talk and then we'll have like this nice display of people's products so making sure obviously everything's really visually great especially for influencer events <laughs> is a key thing we had it at Elmley in Kent which is like a like a glamping site and it was like really beautiful in itself so luckily kind of everything looked really nice <laughs> um, and it, we had it in this like amazing barn and and decorate it to look nice obviously the the look of it is not just the only thing but for influencers that that's a massive thing about how they're going to share it as well as that it's kind of thinking about I guess every last detail with events so sometimes you have to really kind of take yourself through it and think okay are, are people going to be tired at this point are people going to want to have a break at this point really taking yourself through the event and and thinking about all the last details um which sometimes you it's the day before and you're like have I thought of everything <laughs> but so far we <laughs> think we have <laughs> and also I guess it's like the atmosphere of the events as well so we really try and keep all of our events kind of quite casual um really friendly welcoming and one obviously for the influencers that come along we want it to be a nice experience and and a relaxing experience but also even for the brands that are involved they're they're coming up and they're speaking in front of people that can obviously write nice things about their brand and and they want to make a good impression and, and if it was kind of a really forced atmosphere and they stood up in front of them and it was really formal I think you wouldn't get the same effect so just making everybody feel really comfortable yeah and welcome and, and thinking of everything as well yeah that's so good that like the attention to detail in there I think probably 
people probably wouldn't realise. And it probably goes unnoticed a lot of the time, but if you go to an influencer event and it's not like that, you really notice. Because <laughs> I've been to some events and as you're talking about the visuals and I'm like struggling to find something to, to take, take a photo, photo of. Yeah. And I'm there because I, I want to take photos of them. I want to be kind of playing my part of it, but it's just not being met halfway. And yeah, so making sure that everything is shareable and that everything's comfortable and nobody's feeling awkward and like a spare part, I think, yeah, that's so important. And also thinking about, yeah, like the audience that are there. So for this retreat with Slow Living and the rest of the influence events are usually kind of a bit more fast paced and they're, they're a bit kind of fashion brands, lifestyle mm. brands, um, and the day is a bit faster. Whereas this this slow living retreat, it kind of, it felt wrong to kind of cram a lot of things in. So there were lots of gaps. There were lots of times for just kind of sitting back and, and exploring the reserve and, and that kind of thing. So it's just, yeah, thinking of your audience and what, what they really want to kind of shout about or, or enjoy. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's a good point about letting there be time because, I've been on an event and I've been really rushed through and then got to the end like, oh, I don't actually have any photos from this yeah. thing. And from a brand point of view, I guess they always want to have like more, 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 more. Like tell them this, tell them that, <laughs> show them this. Whereas actually that it's too much and it's better kind of, I guess, focusing on one particular aspect and doing that amazingly so that the coverage that you get is a lot more deep and thoughtful. Yeah, mm. I agree, definitely. So talking of influencers and Instagrammers, because as we've been talking about the event at Elmley, and I think um, that's why I said at the beginning, people probably know you even though they don't, because I, that event was over a lot of really big Instagrammers stories and stuff that day. So you had Melanie at Jeffrey and Grace, Sarah Tasker, Hannah Bullivant was there as well, wasn't she? So I think a lot of people that I work with especially kind of would have those people on their kind of dream list of people they'd like to feature their product but the idea of even contacting them is too much (laughs) so what does it take to kind of get those instagrammers either along to event or to interact with a brand and actually get them to say yes to your pitch So for me, because I've done a few events before, I feel like I've kind of built a rapport with people, um, built some kind of reputation. But obviously, I'm saying that because I've done other events, but brands can do that by literally just kind of making conversation with those people on social media and just kind of before inviting them to something out of the blue, it's like building that rapport with people. So commenting on their their profile like messaging them kind of interacting with them as well before you can then invite them because obviously something that's just kind of comes into their inbox and they don't know who the brand is they don't know anything about them they're probably less likely to to work with them than people that they've kind of seen around and know that like their style and that kind of thing so yeah first of all it's kind of building that but then it's also like offering them something like really exciting so I didn't pay any of those influencers to come along to the event and obviously a lot of them do usually charge a lot of money to mm. <laughs> to um have posts and things on their on their pages um but I guess it's it's offering them something that they really want and and obviously making sure it fits for them so I was offering them like a slow living retreat and it was kind of two days in this wildlife reserve and I think that 
that's obviously really valuable and obviously not everybody can offer that but you can offer something from you that is really exciting so rather than just saying oh you can have this one product and post about it it's like what else can you offer them another event that I was doing for a brand here we were inviting them to the event and they kind of just wanted to invite them to the event try some of these drinks and that was it and and obviously that's not going to get people to come along because you you could kind of go and buy a drink or or whatever so it's making sure there's something that they kind of can't resist so what we ended up doing with this one where it's just like trying the drinks it was saying about their influencer program that they've got coming up and kind of saying this is the first chance to be able to meet people to be able to work with them in a paid respect in the future which it was um but obviously they didn't think about saying that and just yeah making it a really kind of irresistible offer for them and and tailored to what they want I actually when I was working for the for the lingerie company we didn't pay any of the influencers for the coverage that they did we just sent product it was quite expensive underwear so so at least kind of that was the value which is good but we did actually so I actually got in contact with Kylie Jenner but we we actually got on her Instagram feed without paying and her in her underwear on her Instagram feed so oh my god it can it like can happen you just need to be really kind of persistent and and just to kind of go for it so we ended up doing that because well I say we but I did do it (laughs) um so I contacted her stylist and kind of messaged her stylist and kept messaging and said do you want to have some of the lingerie um, and kind of kept going with that and then in the end it kind of got over to Kylie so it was like starting that relationship and then it kind of went over to her. So what I'm trying to say is basically you could be featured on a huge account, but you just need to like kind of keep at it and think of like innovative ways to get to that person. Yeah, that's such good advice. Because I think people are just so scared of approaching not even Kylie Jenner <laughs> size <laughs> yeah. influences um, and just kind of assume they won't be interested or, oh, they didn't reply in two days. So it's done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With With that one it was to the stylist first but I I messaged I commented on her profile like lots of times and she had hundreds of thousands of followers as well so it was like trying to get noticed in that it's difficult but just kind of keeping at it and obviously sometimes they might ignore you and you don't want to kind of pester them but (laughs) um, you can you can email a few times and you can ask them and uh, I mean if they ignore you then so what like I guess it doesn't matter just um yeah kind of go for it (laughs) yeah and and be persistent as you say and if you're not somebody who naturally is comfortable with badgering people it's kind of putting on like a different persona I guess as well I know that Lucy Lucroft she when she's pitching for journalism work she'll like sit there in her red lipstick and (laughs) and that like makes her feel really confident for pitching so it's kind of like setting aside some time to just be the person who's doing the pitching in your business and then you can go like rub your lipstick off and go back <laughs> to being yourself um, yeah definitely and actually with the with the influences that I do work with because a lot of the stuff that I do is not paid and obviously they're they're used to being paid for things but because I'm working with smaller brands I don't have those budgets but I'm not forcing them to kind of do anything so we might say if I'm sending a product I'd say 
we'd love to send you this product and try out this brand. If you love it, then you can share about it. But we're not saying like you have to share about it because that will put off a lot of influencers, especially bigger ones, because they might not have time to do it or they might not like it and that kind of thing. Mm. So obviously, if you've got the kind of a low value product, that's a lot easier because you can send more out. But I guess with with a higher value, I think if if they're responding and they're interested in it, even if you said, oh, you don't have to share it, I think that they're, they're interested in sharing it. Um, a lot of them won't say, yes, I'll definitely share it, but they will share it because mm. they want to kind of value you and what you sent them. So yeah, I think just, yeah, being quite open and honest with them as well and just saying like we don't have a budget because we're a small business but here is our product and we'd love you to try it Mm. and that kind of thing I think for you've got to think about the influence that you're or you're approaching because I imagine if you are somebody who wants the same sort of influences that were at your Elmi event then actually those people really part of their brand is supporting small independents and things like that so they'll actually probably be really thankful for the opportunity to have some more an idea for some content that they can create around your product or around your brand yeah definitely and it's just really honing in on like what that person wants and what what would be interesting to them so yeah if if they've got kind of they feature independent brands then you can kind of focus on the fact that you're an independent brand or if they really like sustainability and that kind of thing you can focus on that so it's just I think it's being quite tailored to each person and not just sending out like a blanket email that Mm. goes to everyone um and just thinking okay what would this person really be interested in and sometimes you're offering the same thing but you're just talking about it in different ways that interest them yeah absolutely there's nothing worse than receiving an email that you know it's been sent to everybody and people try I think to get around that by saying oh I loved your blog post about xyz but actually that just doesn't feel authentic anymore either so it's kind of more just actually writing to that person in a less kind of tick boxy way like oh I better demonstrate that I've actually read their blog tick yeah (laughs) yeah definitely and so I just actually I'm going to name check Tartan Blanket Company because they did something really great where they got in touch with me and they had a whole campaign around doing a colsey box because colsey is a word in Scottish, old Scots, for cosy. And it was, so it was their blanket, but then also like all this other, like a candle, tea, chocolate and stuff made by Scottish makers. And they were sending out the box as like a night in experience. Yeah. And so that wasn't, I wasn't paid for that, but that's probably one of the best things I've ever got from a brand because it was just so thoughtful, so like on brand for me me as well and also all the products were great and it's like the best blanket I've ever had I use it every day (laughs) Um, so it was just that it took probably 10 extra minutes to think well what can we put in a box with a blanket that will elevate this to something more special and so yeah I think it's really easy as an independent brand to just make yourself stand out by being unique because that's really what the bigger brands can't do because they're so held back by red tape and return on investment and we can only send this much and it's a chance for you to kind of show your creativity and what your brand's all about 
Yeah, definitely. When I worked for, I'm going back to the lingerie company only because <laughs> there's lots of influencer examples. But when I worked with them, we did kind of, it was more fashion-y type brand. So we did like a London Fashion Week kit for influencers who were going to London Fashion Week. And obviously you'd get the lingerie, which you might kind of show a people of in your outfit and that kind of thing. But then it would be things that they would really need like for London Fashion Week and it kind of essentials type thing. So I think, yeah, like just just thinking about what people want and what people yeah will find value in and and want to share about so actually we've spoken a lot about like how to pitch to get excited about influencers in the first place how do you choose which ones you want to pitch to um I guess it's basically thinking about your target audience if you don't know that then maybe <laughs> that's another thing in itself but really Come speak to uh, me. <laughs> yeah but really honing down on yeah who is your target audience what kind of are they male or female what age are they what do they do that kind of thing and really focusing on that and then finding influencers that would have the same audience so either they are that person or they that you know that their audience are the same as that I wouldn't worry too much I guess about like follower numbers depending on what you're offering them so if you're offering something really big then I guess you could pick an influence of lots of followers and then you could say I'm only going to pick this amount of followers but if you've got lots of little things that you can send out then I think it's just as effective by getting smaller influences and kind of sending out to a lot of them as long as they've got the right audience and then also like looking at their engagement. So some people have hundreds of thousands of followers and only have a couple of hundred likes. And, mm-hmm. and then you see someone with a few thousand followers and has the same amount of likes. So and on obviously comments and things as well. So it's just looking, really looking into like their engagement, who their audience is and whether that fits with yours. I know a lot of a lot of brands are like, oh, I want to work with kind of this massive influencer. And actually when you look at who it is, it's like, oh, they're really young and your product's expensive. So mm. their audience are probably not going <laughs> to buy from you. So it's like really thinking about who that is and not just being like, oh, lots of followers, I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's what you want out of the coverage as well, because some people actually might just want some really great content that and kind of agree to use that. And so a smaller influencer who just is actually a really great photographer but hasn't doesn't care about Instagram whatever you know that might be a a good way of doing it but if you want to get a huge reach then looking at kind of the bigger influencers and but you're so right about engagement because I always think that the follower number is is a useless metric um it's just there for people's egos and actually unless that number the people who represent that number are doing anything it's completely pointless yeah definitely and what um I also find kind of a nice technique to use like for for brands is is working with different size influencers in different ways so I'm I do social media and influencer marketing for a tea brand and at the moment we're looking for people to work with some of the bigger influencers that we're going to target we might just say we'll send you a load of tea kind of make whatever content you want and and that's great and then for some of the smaller ones that we're working with even just a couple of thousand followers um we're thinking how about we do a competition on their page so it's going to get kind of a lot more engagement than a post would usually on their page and it's kind of really targeted to the to the right audience even though it's only a small amount of followers so any any engagement you get from that they'll kind of come over and follow because it's part of the competition so it's yeah it's like thinking about okay how could I 
work with those different people obviously somebody with lots of followers are probably not going to do a competition on their page Mm. but somebody small like would really like it because it benefits them as well so it's Mm. treating them kind of differently I worked for another brand and I was doing influencer marketing for them and we had like a kind of tier system and and it wasn't like these are the best and it's just like this is how we work with people in in this kind of level this is how we work people in this level and and so on so they get a bit of a different treatment for what they want and how they want to be treated yeah and not not any worse just like different (laughs) yeah yeah and and the people who are kind of got smaller followers they might want like discounts to buy on the shop or to share with their followers and Mm. and and they actually are probably quite excited about that whereas the bigger ones they're probably not going to buy and I don't know it's just treating them in a different way and seeing what kind of what's going to excite them yeah it's coming all always comes back to like what does that person actually want what's valuable to them and like a smaller influencer you know might want to have a brand working with them so that they can say that they've had a brand working with them and that will help them grow their profile as well so it's just always about like what's valuable to this person what can I give them that's gonna like make their day (laughs) and even saying to them oh we're sharing our profile as well and if you've got like a similar amount of followers or even if you've got more than them then they're going to find that valuable too but bigger influencers aren't for example yeah definitely so let's switch it back the other way around then and so when you are looking for influencers to work with what are you looking for so if somebody's listening to this and they thinking oh god I'd love to be invited to a weekend in event or <laughs> I want to be part of that tea campaign what can they do to to kind of put themselves in the best position for that so I it really is about really nice quality like images or videos or whatever they're creating because I think you touched on earlier a lot of benefit as well from working with influencers is really great quality content that you can then share on your feeds so if somebody's got they might have lots of followers but not very good photos then as a like professional brand we're not going to get as much out of that because we then can't use the photos so I think it's being like creative with that and just making sure that anything that you do then create would fit their feed as well maybe yeah and I guess what it really depends for what kind of campaign I'm working on because I'll look for for different people for different things but there are some people that I do go back to each time and even though they might have a smaller following I know that they they work really hard and they'll get me a photo quickly or or they'll really shout about the brand and that kind of thing so I think if you have started working with someone it's like doing all you can to to shout about them and then they might kind of work with you again mm-hmm. people that I've, I've invited to events again and again it's because like they're really nice and they've shared a load of things and they've they've kind of shared even like for example the goodie bag items that might might not be shared and kind of tagging brands and using those in their photos and just being really keen so ultimately it's about being a nice person <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think so I think that get helps you <laughs> and and actually when I when I'm inviting people to my events I do tend to watch if I haven't met them before I'll watch their Instagram stories and I'm like are they nice <laughs> because I only want to work with nice people I know it sounds stupid but I mean, especially at events, like you need everybody to kind of be on the same page and get along with each other. So, (laughs) Um, And I guess it's kind of knowing your own audience and stuff as well. And just, I always think that like, just create for the audience that you want and the brand staff will follow because if you've got the audience, then that's all really that they're kind of buying into and making sure that your content kind of lends itself to being branded, I guess. 
Yeah, I guess it's the same as for a brand. You need to be on brand for your brand and your audience. So like not posting, yeah, something about this one day and something completely different one day or your your editing style is completely different is kind of if, yeah, if it's all on brand and for your audience, then there's going to be brands that match that as well. That's some good advice. So let's go kind of back to events, but slightly different because you have obviously your influencer events that you do, but you're also doing workshops for brands too. So what kind of prompted moving into those and having it as a kind of real life learning experience rather than just your services? Yeah, so I guess for the workshops that I run, so I'll I'll explain what they are. So Mm. the How to Build a Brand Workshop basically there's like three or four different successful brand owners and they host each of the workshops and talks about different topics throughout the day to build a successful brand so I bring in the help of other people because there's some people that kind of do this better or they they're really an expert on this so it's nice to kind of bring those in I guess why it's different to like the services that I offer it's for people that are maybe at a different level so so some people might contact me and say oh I need my social media managed but actually they haven't kind of thought about their their brand or their website or the overall like look and feel of of who they are and what they do so it's kind of that beginning stage so people would come to the event and in theory kind of build their brand and then they might come back and then and then they might need x y and z services why i done that kind of in person i guess well one (laughs) I love I like meeting people anyway I'm quite an extrovert so I think (laughs) being able to be kind of face to face to people rather than doing like a online course or something like that is really kind of what I'm interested in I know some people are quite different but also I guess you can do things like you can ask questions you can be quite one-to-one in the workshop so we only ever have kind of the very maximum would be like 16 people maybe maybe less than that and it's all kind of around a table and people actually work on their brand rather than just like listening to a talk so you they might kind of tell you how to do something and then you think about it for your own brand you can obviously ask questions you can it can be quite personal to you so yeah I think I don't know if you could get that if you're kind of doing something online and also what what has actually happened with the events that we've run a lot of the people there have then asked each other questions and and built like a group atmosphere and and sometimes you're actually working by yourself but then you go to these things and you can ask someone something that's been bugging you for ages or opinions that kind of thing so yeah I think just kind of being there in real life you can get quite a lot out of it I think yeah I love that I've done some workshops and have kind of seen afterwards people like hiring each other or like buying products from each other afterwards and that's just so lovely to see and it would never have happened if they hadn't had that room together and I don't know about you I've I've just finished like my like massive spate of workshops and um like reflecting on them back the kind of value of it is actually like holding a space for people to take the time to have that thinking and have those conversations and it's just being in a room with like-minded people is so so valuable yeah definitely and I think I didn't really realize that the first time I did the workshop I I thought the value comes from the people that are are doing the talks and Mm. um those those workshops and talks that that they participate in but then actually a lot of what it was is yeah kind of being in a in a room with people who are in a a similar stage to you so a lot of these people 
a lot of them actually are, are working full time and they have these brands on the side and they're they're working out how to how to build it into a business so they're in the same kind of space and they can help each other and actually after the first one everyone was like how can we keep in contact so I created a Facebook group that now everybody from all the workshops can go into and they can ask each other questions and I think that yeah that's quite valuable. Yeah that's so nice and I just I love what you said about like the whole premise of how to build a brand because that's definitely something that I find is that people come to me and they're like I've got this Facebook group and I've got this Instagram account I sent a newsletter I've not sent one since and and that's because they don't have that brand foundation of like knowing who their audience is and knowing actually what they stand for and people kind of do tend to start five steps ahead because that's what all the advice tells them to do and yeah so I think that you kind of providing a space to make sure that that happens is just yeah that's really nice I love the side of your workshop (laughs) and actually the first thing at the beginning of each of the workshops is always something on kind of brand values or or like brand vision so before starting on kind of the nitty-gritty of like the other things of your brand it's like actually who are you and, and what do you stand for and what do you want from this because sometimes people haven't even thought about that and actually yeah. looking at back at the feedback forms that's one of the most popular sessions is usually always the the like the vision and the values because people don't think about it yeah. <laughs> and then they're like oh actually yeah now the other things make sense so yeah I think it, it is it's great yeah people like to get really stuck in and not actually do the hard thinking at the beginning Um, yeah because it is quite hard to think especially when you're so in it and you're so close to it and often when you've started a small business you are basically the brand and you are the target customer so it's really hard to kind of separate yourself but also have yourself in there and just be objective about what it is and so yeah I think that's it's really important if you're listening at home (laughs) yeah I think even for me like I I don't know if I thought of it for maybe like a year I I hadn't kind of set those things out for myself obviously you you know in in the back of your mind Mm. why you're doing it but you if you haven't kind of set it it doesn't quite all click yet and and I actually when I did the first workshop that the lady who did the brand values was a lady called Alison who owns a communications agency in Bristol and she did the same workshop but with me the brand values mm. so I sat down and did mine and I was like oh actually these things that have come up I, I didn't really think about before so like one of my values was collaboration and I hadn't thought about that as a value before but then I realized actually everything I do is working with other people so I think until you really think about it it doesn't kind of click yeah and it just gives you something to like a a blueprint to work to because even if you say oh I kind of know what I yeah I know but it's not written down yeah it is so hard to actually think well is this opportunity right is this influencer right whereas actually if you have your blueprint of what your business is and what what your values are and what your why is it's a yeah. lot more easy to go well actually no this person isn't quite right and so I need to look for somebody who's more like more collaborative for example yeah 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 um, definitely. yeah so it's so important so you'll cut co- so you'll continue doing workshops because it's so funny it seems to be that I'm having conversations with workshops uh, well about workshops on almost a daily basis <laughs> it's something that it seems to be almost everybody's like starting to do some sort of event or workshop which I think is great I think it's probably a backlash against everything being online and just wanting yeah. some some real connections. So do you think it's uh, something that's kind of going to continue this 
in-person learning? I think so. It's been funny because, for example, like my first two workshops that I did kind of completely sold out. It was really quick. Um, one was Bristol, one was London. And I was like, great, this is great. Like, <laughs> they're going to sell. This is amazing. So then I put up uh, three more and I did one in Bruton, which is kind of in Somerset and it's mm-hmm. like an hour away from Bristol. One, Another one in London, another one in Brighton. So the London and Brighton obviously have sold a bit more. And actually, they haven't all sold out and they're, they're coming up. So I think... I don't know it's interesting to see how that works so I am going to keep doing them but I think maybe maybe I, I was quite in a quite quick to be like okay I'll do three more <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe it's giving people kind of this is this is the workshop that I'm doing um and it's not as not as often and not as kind of easily accessible maybe like it, it's like okay this is the date that we're doing it and it makes people a bit more excited maybe I don't know (laughs) but but they have every one that I've done has gone really well and the feedback has been like really good so I think that is a really valuable thing to do it's just finding the people that um want to come along (laughs) yeah yeah it's I I did a similar thing where I'd booked two a month apart and I was like I'm gonna do another one and I put it in the middle and that one was so slow to sell I don't think it sold until like the week before and it's so terrifying because it's time limited and you've got fixed costs and it's it's they're quite scary things to sell workshops but it's so worth it at the end of the day when all these people are just like thank you that has been I get the biggest buzz like at the end of the day of an event and like everybody's really positive. The first one that I did, the Bristol one, everybody was like, this is amazing. Like I need to do some more. And and that's how I I ended up uh, putting on a how to market a brand event because people wanted to know after they built the brand, what do they then do next? They were like, I want another workshop. So a a lot of the people from the first one have then booked onto this next one, which is really good. Mm. Um, So yeah, so it is a a massive buzz. And and, yeah, like you said, I think having those close together, it, it's been a little bit trickier to sell, but I think we're getting there. And I, I have sold, I think, like half of the tickets for, for both of the ones coming up. So, um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one last question for you, which we're ending our interviews with. So how do you grow with soul in your work and life? Um, I think basically just working with like clients and people that I really enjoy working with not saying not saying yes to things kind of just for money or just because it's work just yeah working with people that I really want to work with and really want to share about and kind of be passionate about and if you're doing you're doing work that you don't want to share about and you're not passionate about I think is a lot harder and I've, I've said no to a few things recently I've had quite a few more inquiries but because I just want to work with people that I'm really passionate about. And at the moment, all of my clients, like I really love and I, I love to share and, and talk about. It. So I think I'm in a, a nice place and hopefully we can keep doing that. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people catch up with you, find you online if they want to get in touch and ask you anything after this episode? So I think Instagram is probably the best place. My handle is at WKND dot in which <laughs> is kind of confusing but it's weekend in but without the vowels in weekend but yeah it's kind of getting a bit annoying when I'm having to read that out <laughs> usually it's written down so <laughs> but yeah find me on Instagram and then obviously you can find everything else from there the website and uh, the events and things brilliant thank you so much for joining us Olivia thanks and that was episode five 
I really hope that you found it enlightening, inspiring, and that it answered some questions you may have had about this whole world of influencer marketing. All the links that we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Olivia on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at wknd.in. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation, please send them the link to the episode. And if you're listening alone, share it via the hashtag, hashtag Grivisol podcast to meet other listeners. Until next time. I hope you grow with salt.